Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast, we'll be digging into the Hawks' 128-120 victory over the Detroit Pistons. We'll get into some dazzling debuts, the Hawks building a 24-point lead and having to hold on to the lead at the end of the game, and just a great home opener for your Atlanta Hawks. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks got their first home game Monday night against the Detroit Pistons. After two great road victories to start the season, getting to play the Pistons at home even to no crowd since there is no crowd at the beginning of the season. It was good to see the Hawks at home, Bob Rathbun and Dominique Wilkins calling the game while they're actually at the game instead of from a distance like they have for these first road games. It was just great to see the team back at home. They wore the red new red uniforms, which was awesome to see, especially against the blue. The Detroit Pistons wore their blue uniforms and it was that's just a fun matchup to see on the screen, red versus blue. Um and so it was just a very aesthetically pleasing game from that perspective. But the Detroit Pistons came in without Blake Griffin and Derrick Rose and the Hawks came without Danilo Gallinari for another game. We did get a couple of great debuts. Clint Capella made his debut as a Hawk and started, and the Hawks actually started um, a similar lineup to the one they've started the last two games, but they had Trey Young, John Collins, Clint Capella, DeAndre Hunter, and Cam Reddish. Bogdan Bogdanovich is coming off the bench, and Rajon Rondo got his first run as an Atlanta Hawk off the bench as well. Uh, The Pistons jumped out to a 5-0 lead. Seems to be a reoccurring situation for the Hawks just to give up the first two buckets. But the Hawks roared back and took the lead with seven minutes to go, maybe about eight minutes to go, and really never looked back. The majority of this game was played with the Hawks having a six to ten point lead, and Detroit never let the game get out of hand. Um, Eventually in the fourth quarter, Behind Rajan Rondo's really good play, the Hawks were able to build a substantial lead, but the majority of this game was really played um, in that 6-10 to 10 point range, and at any time that the Hawks looked like they were going to build the lead, Detroit would get back into it, and any time Detroit cut the lead down to uh, 3 points, 2 points, even 1 point, the Hawks would have an answer. Some of the bit really big performances for the Hawks in this game just start with their all-star point guard, Trey Young. Um, Trey played 33 minutes in this game. He hit two of six three-pointers. I mean, he hit 15 of 15 free throws, and that is becoming a trend in these first three games, just the amount of times that Trey is able to get to the free throw line. Now, some of these free throws came towards the end of the game when Detroit had to foul. Detroit cut the lead down to single digits and was trying to stay into the game. And Trey Young took advantage of that and wanted the ball in his hands and hit some free throws down the end to really secure the victory. But Trey Young is finding a way to get to the line. Those 15 free throws meant he only had to take 13 shots to get his 29 points. He also had six assists and three rebounds. One of the really key plays for the Hawks down the stretch was the Detroit Pistons cut a 24-point lead that the Hawks had built, mostly behind the second unit with Rajon Rondo leading a unit that had John Collins at the center, but uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, uh, 
Cam Reddish and Solomon Hill really built a big lead for the Hawks, and the Hawks did kind of a full hockey change and put the starters in minus um, Cam Reddish, and the Detroit Pistons were able to make a big run, hit some threes, get to the basket kind of at will, um, and it came to the end of the game, and uh, the Pistons had a big possession that they could have cut the lead to a one-possession game. Um, Wayne Ellington was unable to hit a three-pointer and in a scramble. The Hawks got the ball. Trey was falling out of bounds and was able to call a timeout before falling out of bounds. Um, and that was a big play that really kind of kept this game in the Hawks' favor. But Trey Young, another monster game. It's what we've come to expect from Trey. Um, he's not, you know, he's had a super efficient game. He's been able to get to the free throw line in the last two games. Um, it'll be fun to watch this young point guard. He had one beautiful play. Bruno Fernando had an absolutely great game for him, and he started a fast break with a block that ended with Trey Young getting the ball. Trey Young went behind his back, took two steps, and hit a layup, and just a stunning play. And to see what this tiny point guard can do and continue to score and provide the steady scoring for the Hawks was just incredible. Rajon Rondo, I don't think enough can be said about his stint. He was really a calming force for this team, just finding his teammates open. Rondo came in and hit five of eight shots for 12 points. He was two of three from three-point land, including a really important three-pointer at the end of the third quarter as time was running out. He ended the game with eight assists and one block as well. It was a block steal, but Rondo's assists are just amazing. He's, he knows exactly how to find the open player, but also find the open player, getting the ball to where that player wants it before shooting it. Both Trey and Rondo had beautiful passes to Bogdan Bogdanovich, who broke out for one of his best games so far. Bogdan was 6 of 10 from the field. He had five three-pointers. He also had five rebounds and five assists. And really just showed why the Hawks brought him here. Bogdan um, did not start this game. And it's kind of wild to see the Hawks have both Danilo and Bogdan coming off the bench. But Bogdan really embraced that role. And he's found his spots around the three-point line. And both Trey and Rondo found him for really wide-open three-pointers that he knocked down. It also really helps at the end of games when the Hawks can have another ball handler besides Trey bring up the ball and Bogdan is just not afraid uh, of any moment he's not the best defender but he had a really wonderful game he played 30 minutes um, and really just showed what you want to see from him those five three-pointers were 15 of his 17 points in this game we I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Solomon Hill after having a zero point performance against the Memphis Grizzlies Solomon Hill came in in the first quarter as part of the second unit and quickly got up five three-point attempts. He ended up going four of eight for the game, all eight of his attempts coming from behind the three-point line for 12 points in 20 minutes. I thought Solomon Hill and Rajon Rondo both gave their post-game remarks to the media and both talked about how it was a nice win, but um, there was definitely things that the team would look forward to doing to try to clean it up and not give up a 24-point lead. Both of their, them are able to provide a veteran voices from teams that went to the finals, Solomon Hill coming from the Miami Heat and Rajon Rondo coming from the Lakers. And both players just 
you know, last year the Hawks had a lot of players who were coming in and getting their first NBA action. To have two guys coming from the finals, coming off the bench for the Hawks, who are not uh, scared or not having their first experience on the court, but know what to expect, it just really shows. And that goes for Bogdan Bogdanovich as well. Um, this second unit for the Hawks just really has a lot of experience and does not have any uh, fear of the unknown going out there and playing. So um, it was really encouraging to see such awesome performances from Solomon Hill, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Rondo coming in for his first uh, minutes as a Hawk. It was interesting to hear Rajan talk about his experience getting into the Hawks, and obviously he was following all of the protocols and had to go to a family member funeral, and that's why he was not at the first few games for the Hawks. And he talked about how important it was to be on the sideline for that Memphis game and how the connection with all of his teammates is really coming naturally. It's not being forced. And he's been really excited by, uh, by at the prospect of mentoring Ron, uh, Trey Young and these other young players on the Hawks. Um, he just, you know, it's very refreshing to have these veteran voices on the Hawks and just guys who sound so professional um, when talking about their game and, and are very self-aware of where they're at in their career. Um, I don't know if I want Solomon Hill coming in and just launching five threes immediately. They were all open looks, so and he hit four of eight, so cannot argue with that percentage, but um, he is not afraid to shoot, and maybe that will rub off on some of our other guys. Uh, other than that, I thought to get back to Bruno Fernando, he was a team high. Uh, the team was a team high plus 18 when Bruno was on the court, which is a big change from other since he's had. Um, in his early career, he only played 10 minutes. He was two of two from the field, one of one free throw wise. And he came out and he was just instant energy. His first play, actually, he bobbled a pass from Trey Young where he would have gotten a easy dunk. And it was like, oh, no, we're going to get the usual Fernando. Of course, with no Danilo Gallinari, Nathan Knight didn't get any playing time in this game. Bruno Fernando was really the primary backup to both John Collins and Clint Capella. And um, you just didn't know what sort of game you were going to get in to with Bruno. But he came in, provided instant energy, and one of his real highlight plays was the block he got. He followed the ball, got it, passed it ahead, and then that ended in a um, Trey Young layup. So Bruno just came in, and it was really good to see the energy he provided on the glass for both sides and just having a defensive impact. I think the game is still moving a little too fast for Bruno and he's still figuring it out, but it was a very good stint and very encouraging to see another young player have really nice uh, rotation minutes, just like Nathan Knight did the last game. With it, It's funny going through and talking about all these Hawks players without getting into the super sophomores and um, DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, but they just played their steady basketball. I mean, Cam Reddish had three assists, seven rebounds, um, hit two of five threes, and just for 11 points. DeAndre Hunter played 32 minutes. He was four of 11. He hit three threes, um, three out of a seven, had 11 points, had six rebounds and three assists. And those guys are just steady, steady players in their second year already. Um, it's very encouraging to see Lloyd Pierce trusting them with starting. And it's one of the most exciting plays is any time that um, Cam Reddish is guarding the off ball perimeter player for the, uh, 
the opposing team because it means that he's probably going to get a steal. And he had three of those. He's just so long. He's able to get his hands on a lot of balls that players don't think when they're making a pass. Um, He's still learning. He had a wonderful steal that he was not able to finish the play when he looked to one side, didn't see any defenders coming at him, and he didn't check the other side. And DeLon Wright was able to block his layup. But Cam just continues to be a pest on ball. And Hunter, he's just gotten so much more uh, assertive. Um, On the offensive side of the ball, I think it hurts him a little bit. He really wants to be a playmaker. He really likes taking the ball into the paint and trying to make a play. And he had a couple turnovers, one in particular where he dribbled off his foot and went to a Detroit Pistons fast break. But he played a really great game. And um, their rebounding combined, both, you know, combined, they had 13 rebounds um, and six to six combined. It was just a really wonderful uh, game for those two. John Collins only had 26 minutes. He continues to get into foul trouble. It's tough for him playing a small ball five, but he was part of that unit with Rajon Rondo that really built a big lead in the third from the third quarter into the fourth quarter that the Hawks were able to use to get this win. Um, he ended the game with uh, 15 points, hit his only three-pointer that was came in a really big moment. He just kind of walked into it off of a fast break. He had five rebounds, two assists, a block, but he ended the game with five fouls. And John is just going to have to really work on his verticality. He is so explosive athletically that he is able to get back into plays and be in the right place, but he has a tendency to be jumping into the player or just get called for fouls. And until he's able to control his fouls, he's not going to find himself playing more than 25, 26 minutes. Um, But he was a key contributor down the stretch. And again, that small ball unit with him, Rajan Rondo, Bogdan Bogdanovich, and Cam Reddish was really big for the Hawks building the 24-point lead that ended up holding being enough for them to really win this game. Some of the Pistons notables, Jeremy Grant, Josh Jackson, and DeLon Wright were all really good for the Pistons. Without Blake Griffin or Derrick Rose, it was kind of you know, you wouldn't know where the points are coming from from this Pistons team. And Jeremy Grant really was authoritative down towards the end of the game and getting to the paint when the Hawks had some of their smaller defenders in. He ended the game with 27 points and six rebounds. Josh Jackson, the former number two overall pick, um, who's sort of been taken by Detroit as a reclamation project, had 27 points, and he was able to really get to the paint as well. He had 27 points, four rebounds, um, and was part of that group of the Detroit that was able to really will themselves back into the game after it looked like the Hawks had taken control and Detroit might just uh, not compete for the rest of the game. Finally, DeLon Wright was a backup point guard for the Pistons, and he's a bigger point guard, and he ended up having finishing the game with 18 points, five rebounds, and four assists, um, and again, getting to the free throw line. One of the big differences in this game was the disparity at the free throw line, and uh, Trey Young was really part of that for the Hawks. But the Hawks ended the game with 32 free throws, making 28 of them to uh, Detroit's only 24. Um, This was just a great home opener for the Hawks to get a win where they led almost the whole way. Um, But unlike the Chicago game, they were able to – they were really had to fight for it at the end and – close this game out 
Detroit had many opportunities to just let this game go, especially not having their two top players being on the road. There was many opportunities for the Detroit Pistons just to sort of give up, and they certainly did that. Another one of their players who looked very good was Sadiq Bey, a first-round pick, who at one point kept the Pistons in it by himself by hitting a three, going to the basket, getting fouled. Um, but Detroit did not give up, and the Hawks had to finish this game by going through Trey Young and finding some easy baskets, including an alley-oop between Trey Young and John Collins. Um, it was a wonderful, wonderful game for the Hawks. Um, and one that they really needed to win because going into this week, this was their only home game of the first five games this season. And now they go on the road and play the Brooklyn Nets twice in a row. So to start the season three and O and sort of provide a backstop of any like two game slide against the Brooklyn Nets is, is really, really huge for this young Hawks game. Um, I think some of the big things to take from this game are just that the Hawks three point shooting was on fire. They hit 23 pointers, which is only two fewer than the franchise record. And they were really all those shots. uh, Many of the three point shots that he took were wide open. The Hawks did a really good job of moving the ball and finding the open player so that they could get easy three point looks or easy looks at the basket. Uh, space of worry is against a team that didn't have Blake Griffin. The Hawks were giving up tons of points in the paint. Um, really a lot of the comeback for the Detroit Pistons was going to the basket, whether the Pistons were finishing at the rim or getting to go to the free throw line. And the Hawks really didn't have an answer for that, especially when uh, Capello only played 20 minutes in this game. John Collins only played 26 Bruno Fernando was big, but the Hawks were playing small a lot of this game. Um, it's amazing how much Solomon Hill, who is not a front court player, I would say, or at least certainly not sized to be in the front court, he has to get in there, and the team really has to do a good job of team rebounding. Um, the Hawks were out rebounded, not by much, but forty-eight to forty-five, and um, when you're going against a front line of Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, and the really long bodies of the Detroit Pistons, that's something that can happen. The Hawks did do a better job of holding on to the ball and not turning it over. They only had eight turnovers to the Detroit Pistons 13, um, which probably saved them in this game. And a lot of those term- turnovers, too, come dur- when the Hawks are in the lead or sometimes at the ends of quarters or ends of halves. Um, but The Hawks did a good job of finishing this game and getting a win when you're supposed to get a win against a team that's not as good as you are. So it was really encouraging to get the win. The Hawks sort of came in and took care of business. They still haven't had a full roster. You know, they had if they had had Danilo Gallinari, it kind of would have been the first time the Hawks had everyone on deck. But hopefully we'll get to see Danilo going forward when they play the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are having a little bit of a tough time after starting 2-0. and They've lost their last two games and, and just lost Spencer Dinwiddie to injury. So the Hawks will have an opportunity to go into Brooklyn um, and maybe get a win. Um, and it will be the first time this season that we see one of these miniseries, get to see a game where they play the Nets, they get a day off, and then they get to play the Nets again. 
the Hawks have started the season 3-0. and It's really everything that Hawks fans could hope for going into this season, and hopefully they're able to keep it up. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!